front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, Men on the Frontline social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So I'm grateful that you're joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. And what we're going to do this week is we're going to talk about the times that we're in, but specifically a word God has spoken to my guest, a prophetic word he's given my guest that helps us stay focused on what matters in this season. Because we're, we're in a season of warfare. We can see it in the natural. There's warfare in the natural, but there's been warfare in the spirit that has led up to this warfare in the natural. And in seasons of war, kings are supposed to go to war, and you are a king. Jesus is the king of kings. So if Jesus is your king, capital K king, you're one of his kings. And that means we're to be ruling and reigning in the earth on his behalf, in his power, to his glory. It also means, though, when it's time to take territory, when there's seasons of warfare in the spirit, we're to go to war. But we want to go to war the right way with the right focus. And that's what this prophetic word that my guest is going to share is all about. So you're going to be very equipped, very empowered, and very encouraged by this week's show. But before we get into that, I've got a couple quick announcements for you. I want to make sure you know next Monday and Tuesday, March, I think it's 21 and 22. It's Monday and Tuesday next week. We've got another one of our uh, free webinars in our empowerment series and our spiritual warfare series. This next coming week, March 21 and 22, it's all about the power of the secret place. We're going to give you keys on how to not only visit, not only to check in with, not only to have a moment where you get fueled and refreshed, but how to live from the secret place, how to make that your abode, not only in the spirit, but in every aspect, everything you do, everywhere you go. We're going to look at what are the blessings, what are the benefits of living in and living from the secret place? What are the lies the enemy tells us to try to keep us from living in and living from the secret place? And of course, we'll give you keys. We'll be mentoring you in how to inhabit, dwell in, and live from the secret place. It's more important than ever that we dwell in the secret place so we're not only being filled, refreshed, empowered, but we're also having all of that to release out into the earth in this critical and historic hour when we've got so many epic opportunities to put the reality of God and his kingdom on display. So join us March 21 and 22, next Monday, next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. To register for that, it's totally free, but you got to register. 
go to patriciakingministries.com. You can either click the events link or you'll see the promo banner for the power of the secret place with my face on it. And you can click that banner and it'll take you to the uh, page where you can get more information, but where you can register. Because when you register, you then get the link for the live stream that we're doing. And if you can't join us live at 6 p.m., Monday and Tuesday evening, that's okay. Register anyways, you'll have the links and you can watch later on demand because you're not gonna wanna miss it. Okay, my second announcement is, guys, coming up thir starting Thursday of next week, what is that, March 24th to 26th? I don't have the, the dates in front of me, but I think it's, I know it's Thursday to Saturday. I think it's March 24th to 26th of next week. We've got our annual East Coast men's event. Man Camp East Coast 2022 is happening again this year in Rose Hill, North Carolina at the wonderful Rockfish Meadows campgrounds, and we still have room left. I actually miscalculated. I connected with uh, uh, Brad Carter last week, and I did the numbers wrong in my head. I thought we only had room for a few more guys, but we've actually got room for about 20 more guys because they built a new cabin. We've got the great new meeting facility. So if you haven't registered yet, it's not too late. Go to menonthefrontlines.com. Click the events link and you'll see the banner promo for Man Camp East Coast 2022. I'm going to be there. Brad Carter's going to be there. Ben Hughes is going to be there. We've got some special guests lined up for you. But what I really want is for you to be there because what makes these weekends the empowering, transforming times that they are, these weekends of brotherhood, breakthrough and adventure is absolutely the worship time is great. The ministry and mentoring times are great, but it's the fellowship times. It's all of us as guys connecting together, pressing into God together, receiving together. I want you to be there. So go to menonthefrontlines.com to register for Man Camp East Coast 2022. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always simply email me at robert at menonthefrontlines.com. All right, I'm going to bring in my special guest this week, Dustin Williams. Hello, my friend. Hey, Robert. How are you doing? Such a pleasure to be with you. I'm doing great, and I've been very blessed lately because I've not only had wonderful guests on recently, but they've all been dear friends, and you are a dear friend of mine. We served together at Shiloh Fellowship. You are part of the pastor team there. You're one of my pastors. Um, you are a wonderful guy. You're a great friend. You're an amazing ally in the battles that we find ourselves in. But you're also one of the things I always have admired about you, Dustin, is you are in the very best kingdom way. You're a deep thinker and a deep processor. And when that's submitted unto the kingdom and God, as opposed to under, you know, intellect and self, the deep things of God get revealed. You're one of those guys when it talks about it's to the glory of God that a matter is hidden, but it's to the glory of kings to search out those matters. You're one of those men, and I admire that about you. And God recently gave you a word, and it's an important word for this season. It's a strategic word for this season. And the word that I would use for this word, and why I'm excited about it, is it's a focusing word for this season. Because one of the things you know, God spoke to me in the end of 2020, 
is I was not one of the prophetic voices declaring 2020 was the year of clear vision. I heard those words, agreed with those words, but God had given me other words for 2020 to, de to carry and declare. At the end of 2020, though, the Lord spoke to me and said that part of the word of 2020 being the year of clear vision that most people hadn't seen is what he was going to help us clearly see is what the enemy was up to. And the reason for that is we needed to clearly see the enemy so we could clearly target the enemy. And I think we've clearly seen what the enemy is up to in the earth, in government, in media, in politics, in the education system, in fill in the blanks, been on display everywhere. And we're discerning it, we're seeing it, but I think we've lost focus. And we need focus to take the enemy out, because the picture God gave me was a, and we, and we go out and we shoot together. We'll go out in the desert and set up steel ranges, and we go shooting together. I know you like shooting. Our audience accepts that I like shooting. But I saw it almost like a sniper's scope. And we know we've got to get that focused so we can clearly hit the target at, you know, 100 yards or 200 yards. And this word of yours, I think, is help is God helping us get the target back in focus so that we can be effective. And the word you shared with me, the word was, it started with God speaking to you, remember who the real enemy is. So with that, take whatever room you need to unpack, share. I'll jump in with some points here and there, but let's have a conversation about this because it's such an important word. But talk about a little bit about where this word came from. And when you ask God about it, what is it, he's, what is it he's saying when he declared to you that we need as the body of Christ to remember who the real enemy is? Yeah, thanks, Robert. And again, um, uh, for your leadership, mentorship in the, the area of the prophetic, along with uh, Patricia, uh, has been amazing. Um, I take the prophetic very seriously, like all of us do. And so uh, when you receive a prophetic word, you know, the first people I ran to was you and Patricia and our pastor, Pastor Francisco, and just submitted it and said, you know, God clearly spoke to me, but, you know, how does this communicate to you? And so uh, you have been so great and tremendous in helping me unpack it already. And uh, really, uh, what it comes down to is, is I believe this is a big uh, word of hope for us as believers, and um, but but we've got to press into some stuff. We've got to we've got to uh, focus in as as you were saying, in on some stuff, and and I'll, I'll kind of just break it down where I was at uh, when it happened because. Um, I don't get a ton of prophetic words. Usually God will speak to me through very short phrases uh, or sentences. And uh, we were actually uh, uh, in a meeting with our intercessors and I was praying and I heard the voice, remember who the real enemy is. And it, it, just, it just hit me so profoundly because right now we have so many things going on in the world and so many things as you were saying, have already been exposed. It's just, what are we doing about it as Christians, as believers? And I'm not, I'm not knocking the church. I'm not knocking believers because I know many of us are praying and interceding and believing for great miracles to take place. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, but, but, but really God was, was showing me 
some things inside this word. So as we were praying, I heard the words, remember who the real enemy is. And I began to press into that. And when I did, I actually had an open vision. And I've only had maybe a handful of open visions in my life. Uh, I don't frequently have them. And so it, it just shook me that much more. But um, what happened was um, I, I entered a big ballroom and there was, there was a party going on. There was dancing. There was people of high caliber there. And as I was looking around, I noticed that everyone was wearing masks and it was, it was a masquerade ball so to speak, and hopefully we're all familiar with what that is. But uh, as I was looking out, I, I heard the voice of the Lord say, uh, principalities are masquerading around as personalities. Principalities are masking, masquerading around as personalities. And it was, it was at that moment that my heart broke for those that are, are, are leading right now or people of influence uh, in some capacity or, 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 you know, organization that are literally being manipulated by principalities. And so, you know, I kind of broke this down with you a little bit before the broadcast, but um, when it comes to praying for people who, who I would probably define as an enemy of God, and, and so you know, my enemy, you know, the Bible is very clear what we're supposed to do. You know, um, just to quote uh, Ephesians, we don't struggle against flesh and blood, but we struggle against principalities. And I've read that verse thousands of times, and I've heard hundreds of sermons on this. And for, for whatever reason, at this moment, during this open vision, it just hits me square in the face. And I developed such a compassion for, for people that are being manipulated by the principalities around them. And so I've always struggled with, how do I pray for people that are doing evil? How do I pray for, for leaders I disagree with or, or that make policies that are contrary to the word of God, all those things? And the Lord began to reveal some very strategic uh, intercession prayer that we're, that we're to start doing for these leaders. And that if we do this, we will literally see a shift. We will see miraculous things happen where people in power and people of influence will change so dramatically towards God that it will spark revivals like we've never seen before. So I, I'm excited to share this word. I'm excited to encourage the church right now that, that we are in a season to really step in to some intercessory prayer that will shift nations. And we all know that we have the power to do so as believers, but I'm here to tell you, it's the time is now. I agree with you that, you know, we've been talking and with our audience, we've been talking about how these are challenging days. These are trying days. There are financial challenges, obviously health challenges. There are all sorts of challenges. Everybody listening is very aware of all the challenges of these last few years. But I always go back to, I think these are truly epic and historic days. And the great cloud of witnesses gathered around, not only cheering us on, because many in the great cloud of witnesses is thinking, we've been believing, we've been wanting to see days like this, because there's such an opportunity for us as the church to arise and shine. 
And when you shared this word with me, when you reached out by email, I read through it and I thought, this is a really, this is not only a powerful and profound word, it's an important word because it is focusing us. Because I do think this whole thing about the, the principalities masquerading as personalities, what hit me in that was the first thing that hit me, and I love that you went to the place of compassion. The first thing that hit me was, oh, the enemy's so crafty. He's still that little snake. He's so crafty because the principalities are masquerading as personalities. The reason I think that is, and I think we've seen evidence of this specifically in the church, is we react to the personality that the principality's working through, so we get mad at the personality. We get mad at the person, and we forget that just as you were saying, Dustin, this is a power, this is a principality that we're to be tearing down, but we get so upset with the policies, the postures, the statements of those lead leaders, those enemies of God, because they are doing wicked things in the earth. But we get so upset about that, we let our heart harden. And the Lord always, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. I actually, I made a comment yesterday offhand that after I made it, Con deep conviction came on me and I actually reached out you were there and Francisco was there and some others friends that I'm I felt close enough and safe enough to just let something come out of my mouth that shouldn't but then I thought you know what this is not okay this this revealed a little hardness of heart a little frustration and to use a strong word even some bitterness that was in my heart about this whole thing and I reached out to you guys and said hey that was not okay that was a mistake on my part I never should have said that you know I should be contending for this person not criticizing somebody or contending for the nation in a situation like this not criticize somebody and I think this is it you know, that these principalities are masquerading as personalities, and we see what the person, the personality, the vessel is doing, and we forget Jesus Christ died for them. Yeah. Jesus came for them, and I should be contending for them, not criticizing what they're doing. Stand against what they're doing, sure, but not criticizing them. So the first thing I loved about this word, Dustin, is it really refocuses on, hey, we need to deal with the principalities behind all this. And, and you know, we all know our, our, our weapons are not flesh and blood, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of, or we war not against flesh and blood, I should say, but we war against powers and principalities. We need to be doing that. And the scripture that came to mind when I was re looking at this word again yesterday, Dustin, was in Acts, when it talks up when Peter's in prison, and it says, and the church prayed fervently for him, and, and he's supernaturally released from prison. The angels show up. They touch the, the chains. The chains come off. The prison doors open. It's so intense and, and real. He thinks he's dreaming because he can't get his head around this actually happening. The reason I bring that up is we think about that. It's like, yeah, they prayed for Peter because Peter was an apostle, and Peter was, you know, one of their brothers in Christ. Well, Fill in the blank of your least favorite politician, fill in the blank of the biggest releaser of darkness in media, fill in the blank of the biggest deceiver of the people out there today, and they may not yet be our brother or sister in Christ, but, and hear me people, this, I do believe there's a scriptural truth in this, they are our brothers and sisters in God, and what I mean by that is God created them too. 
And Jesus died on the cross for them too. And while they may not yet be in the church and, and have a saving knowledge of Jesus, I do think that, and, and if we pray for them, like we would for, like, I look at how our church prayed for Uri and I last year, because we were locked in a prison of a large cancer, a large tumor and a cancer diagnosis. And our church, our Shiloh family, and many of you watching, our, our Heroes Arise family, you prayed fervently for us. And we've got a great testimony from that. What if we were willing, and I'm challenging myself in this, what if we were willing to pray for our least favorite politician, our least favorite media person like that, to really contend for them to be set free when we realize that they're part of God, they're part of the problem in what they're agreeing with, but they're not ultimately the problem. Like your word says, they're not the real enemy. The real enemy is Satan and his powers and principalities, his demons and his minions. And if we'll contend and pray for those we like the least, what if we saw them set free? The easy example and the obvious one is. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was actually working to kill the people of the church. And yet he became one of God's great champions. What if we prayed against the real enemy and for the victims that are the personalities, the principalities are masquerading as the way the church prayed for Peter? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really, you know, you hit the nail on the head because um, it, it it takes persistence on the part of believers. We, we have to, we have, have to persevere in, in praying and believing for strongholds to be brought down. Um, as you were battling, uh, as you and Yuri were battling with a diagnosis, um, you know, as a believer, you, you have these, uh, you know, kind of steps that you walk through. The first one is, we're going to believe for immediate healing. We're going to believe for that. And so when that doesn't happen, sometimes we allow disappointment to come in and then it changes our focus a little bit. Whereas if, if we realize that it, it's not always an immediate thing and that sometimes it's a journey of prayer, sometimes it's, a, it's one of those things that we have to keep contending for we will see victory. It doesn't matter. We will see victory. And that's really what God is showing me when it comes to tearing down principalities right now. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, 2020, you know, we had a lot of words of, of perfect vision. I actually got the word focus for 2020. Uh, I've never had good vision. Uh, I've had to wear glasses since I was like 12 years old. And it's always driven me crazy because, you know, whenever you play sports or when I go shooting, I mean, I just, I don't like to wear glasses. Uh, maybe someday I'll get LASIK. But when I got that word focus, I really thought, man, 2020 is going to be a year that we have to focus. And I believe that is, is what we've seen. But even more so, uh, things have been being revealed. Things have been revealed. We, we, we no longer are seeing, you know, hidden enemy you know it, it's full force in front of us so we know how to pray and that was one of the things i said god you know how does how do you want me to respond how do you want me to 
to pray about this. And, and one of the things was, he says, first of all, pray that you have holy sight. Mm-hmm. I said, God, what, what does that mean? Holy sight, you know, pray that you see things through the lenses of, of holiness, because that, that right there reveals, you know, the very thing that you have to pray for, you know, pray for holy sight, Lord, help me to see things the way they are in the spirit. And then once you can do that, once you can start seeing that, then you can really start attacking those principalities. And God kind of laid out a list. I think I sent those to you of, of just some principalities. I know there's, there's, there's a ton that we could talk about in the word of God, but, you know, just to highlight a few, uh, one of the, the principalities that we see on display right now is, is a lying spirit. You know, when we, we look at uh, politicians or people of influence, uh, actors, leaders in, in, in some degree, we, this, this is a spirit that, that can reveal itself very easily. But instead of praying against it, we get angry because, you know, we have this justice that rises up in us. And they're like, no, that is not true. That's a lie. You need to go to jail. You need to, you need to apologize. You need to have punishment of some sort. And the reality is, is it just revealed itself so you can pray against it. You can start counter, uh, counteracting it in the word of God. I have no idea what just happened. No, I think there's a move of God going on or there's a move of your computer, but there you go. <laughs> I think God was saying, yes. Well, that's, that, that was that's never happened that's awesome. before. But there you go. But uh, to get us back on track, you can see what a lying spirit uh, does. You can see it moving about. So, so let's start praying against it in Jesus' name. Uh, the other one that we've seen over the last couple of years is uh, a spirit of infirmity. Mm. You know, we've we've seen sickness run rampant, and you know, I know we're. We're, it seems like we're coming out of a COVID season, uh, but it's really hit a lot of people in such a way that it's caused a lot of fear, you know, and now we're, we're at this point where it's like, if you have the sniffles, I mean, it's, it's for some, it's a panic, uh, you know, for some, it's, it's a worry, it's a concern. Uh, now you have these little things going on in your body and you're like, is this something more? Is it bigger? You know, and really, you know, we, we can see, you know, we have a spirit of infirmity, but we can also pray against it. And so, you know, you have to understand there's principalities using that spirit to bring fear. And that's another principality fear Mm -hmm. that we're fighting right now. And so, you know, really, you know, attacking the principality, the, the mask, uh, you know, that, that that's being worn is, is key during this time. I agree with you. You know, um, there was a specific politician, and I won't mention her name, but I was really wrestling with. And very similar to what you're saying, it was like there were lies, there were untruths, there was manipulation, there was wicked policies. And I got very frustrated. And the the Lord asked me, why aren't you praying for her? And I, I, 
I, you know, I, I didn't like try to rationalize and justify. As soon as he asked me that question, I thought, God, yeah, you're revealing that my heart is hard because there is that part of me that's like, you're lying, you know, you're lying, you're, you're, and I don't like this, but it's true. That sense, like you said, of something in me that believes in justice and righteousness wants to, you need to be punished. You're getting away with it, and I'm not okay with that. And then the Lord reminded me, actually asked me the question, what was the last thing I said in the earth? And um, I, I remembered, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And I thought, okay, God, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but this person knows what they're doing. It's intentional. They're not just a pawn. They're actively participating. They're choosing to lie. Every... And the Lord said, well, forgive them, Father, I know not what they do. Or they, don't, they know not what they do. And I was really wrestling, Dustin, because I thought, but they do know what they do. And the Lord spoke to me and said, even if they know what they're doing, they know not what they do. They're operating from wounds. They're operating from fear. There's a reason they've given place to wickedness. They don't truly understand. Forgive them. And I was really wrestling with this, but then this is what really got me. And I think it's one of the reasons this word you've received is so important. We all want to grow in the things of God. I want to grow in the things of God. Certain areas I've been crying out to God to see greater manifestations. I know that we've been given everything. There's nothing he's holding back. There's nothing he's waiting and saying, if you do better, I'll give you more. Prove yourself. No, every spiritual blessing, everything pertaining to life and godliness, it's all be given to us through Christ Jesus. The way we grow in the manifestation of it is choosing it. And one of the things he was showing me was the only thing keeping you from growing in those manifestations is you. And if we want to grow in the things of God, one of the most important things we can do is connect with God's heart, because I couldn't see any good in this person. I'm not saying there isn't any. I'm saying I wasn't able to see. So my prayer, and I think you mentioned this, was basically, Lord, help me see them with your eyes. Help me see them with your heart. Holy vision, that's how you put it. I mean, I didn't use that term, but that's what I was doing. And all of a sudden, I didn't see like, oh, they're, you know, they care about this, they care about all I could see was that God created them in love with love and for love. And I thought, God, you genuinely love this person. And I let that love fill me. And then I prayed. I prayed for the, the freedom from every wicked thing, freedom from every lie and lure and trap and temptation of the enemy, because that's what it starts with. A little lie, a little lure, a little trap, a little temptation. And I realized God created this person. for. But once I was willing and that was a big thing for me, willing to connect with God's heart for the person. All of a sudden now I'm growing in being used by God, flowing with God, connecting with God. And I'll, I'll tell you this, ever since that moment, this was a few months ago, I was I started doing a lot more live streaming media. And a lot of it was, you know, teaching and discipling. But every time I'd get on, my heart would fill with God's love. I'd get prophetic words for people. I'd start flowing in words of knowledge. People were getting healed and set free on the, the streams, even if it wasn't supposed to be a healing service. But giving my heart to God for someone that I'd been hard-hearted towards, and I felt justified. But the Lord helped show me. It's like, look, yeah, you can justify being hard-hearted because there's wicked things going on here.
But my kingdom does not come and my will is not done through a justifiably hard heart. Because if anybody was justified to have a hard heart, it was God towards us, and yet he gave the gift of his son. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing, because one of the things you said in here is when you ask God, where is this masquerade party going on? He said, you sent me this in the email, he said, every institution, including my church. And I'm not saying this so we become finger pointers and go, ah, I knew that, pastor, I knew that, media minister, I knew it. No, to realize that part of the masquerading is there was a principality of hard-heartedness, let's call it that way, yeah. or a root of bitterness that in me was masquerading as it's justifiable. But the Lord showed me, I don't come through hearts that are hardened, even if it's justifiable heartedness. I come through hearts that are open, that are gates for my kingdom, that are gates of forgiveness and mercy, who will stand against unrighteousness, but choose to do it in the posture, in the character, in the nature, in the presence, in the personality, in the power of who I truly am. And when I let my heart soften to see this person from God's perspective, I not only was able to intercede for her, which I, I know has an impact in the spirit, but I saw myself grow in other aspects of expressing God in situations that had nothing to do with this. So that's, again, why I think the word's so powerful and focusing. It's not only to tear down the powers and principalities, but I think God is showing us things that have limited us from following in the fullness of what we've been given in Christ. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll even confess that um, there have been times in my life where I've become critical of ministries or ministers um, for one reason or another. And um, God really challenged me on that. I actually read a book. Um, it was titled Why We Eat Our Own. Mm -hmm. And um, you can just hear it in the title. <laughs> but it was really about, you know, how the, you know, the finger pointing within the church is actually hurting the gospel uh, more than it's helping the gospel. And oftentimes we think, well, you know, this person is, believes this theology and it's off base. And that might be true. Uh, or this person over here believes this and, and that's not the way, it, you know, it was supposed to be preached or taught or whatever. And that might be true as well. But at the end of the day, we're, we're here on this earth for, for only a moment, and that's to serve Jesus the best we can and to win as many people for Jesus as we can. And so, you know, I'm not focused on what's going on over here, over here. I'm going to bless them and I'm going to pray for them. And if there's error, then God's going God's gonna to deal with them. You know, we have to we have to leave it there and understand that God's going to deal with his own people. He always does. He deals with me all the time. And sometimes it hurts and sometimes sometimes it's hard. But I'm thankful that God loves me enough right. that he's willing to, to expose me when I'm wrong and willing to expose me when I don't do uh, what he's called me to do. So, you know, I have to trust that that God's that same God is doing the same thing with everybody else. You know, and so when it comes to, you know, praying for, uh, for, for leaders, I mean, we have to pray for those inside the church as well, not with a critical eye, not with a critical, you know, 
disposition, but we have to pray that God would bless them, that God would reveal himself to them, and uh, that, that, that God would sustain them. We've got to really focus on that. Uh, now is not the time to be div divisive uh, in the church. And, you know, the thing that, that COVID revealed, you know, when a lot of the churches had to shut down and go online and uh, different things like that, it really revealed that, uh, you know, there were churches that did it really well, churches that, that actually didn't survive COVID. And, you know, what, what were we doing for each other during that time to really lift each other up? I was so proud of our leadership here, uh, you know, as we adopted a local church to come in and film their services here during COVID, it was such such the heartbeat of Christ. Like, yeah, you don't have the equipment, come here. We have the equipment. You can film your services, you can keep going. And, uh, you know, two different denominations believe completely different things, but we serve the same God and we have the same Jesus. And so, you know, we, we were, we ran together in that season. I was so proud of, of what our church does, but really clinging to that, that ability to see uh, with holy eyes and be able to pray specifically against principalities that we see, I think is key during this time. And we're going to see amazing things. We're going to see important people in positions. And this was part of that word, important people in positions of power and influence change through the power of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be amazing. Well, I know one thing, they're not going to change because of rants on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the reason I know that is we've got years of history showing us that's not bringing any change. But um, what you're saying, Will, if we're, I mean, uh, you, one of the scriptures God gave you, because, you know, in our ministry, we believe that um, no matter how powerful the encounter is, it's got to be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word because his voice never, never violates his word. And you're so good at that, uh, uh, Dustin, that you even gave some scriptures when we were unpacking this. And one of them was Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. I think Luke 627 is a battle plan from God for this season, because not only obviously is it's true, it's the word of God, but here's the reason I think it ties in so well with this word that, for, that, you're, that you're sharing with us, that God gave you, that's this word of focus. Anything that I'm hesitant to do in this list shows that, that, that I'm limiting myself flowing in the fullness of God, that I'm not trusting that God's bigger than the devil is if I'm not willing to say even because I could even yeah. say, hey, God, this and I'm not saying this is true. But let's say I had evidence, which I don't, that I knew that I knew that I knew that this person had made an actual covenant with Satan to serve Satan's purposes in the earth, that they were a Satanist, that they were a witch, that they were devoted to serving their God, Lucifer, in all that they do in their sphere of influence. Even if I knew that, I'll say this, I'll challenge myself, especially if I knew that, I should be saying, I want to see them set free. Yeah. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to... I. <laughs> 
years ago, God gave me something about the, when he talks about turn the other cheek, if your enemy slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. And we've heard this taught over and over again, bordering on like the, the gospel of masochism. Like if you get slapped on one cheek, be willing to get slapped on another cheek. And there's something to that, but God's not saying put yourself in danger. But then I found out something about the culture of that day. In that day, when you walked up to a brother, you would say hello, and if you were really close, you would kiss on the cheek. And I believe personally, um, as someone who has wrestled with hard-heartedness at times, what God is actually saying, what Jesus is saying is, hey, if somebody does you wrong, even if you've got to pull back so you don't get punched again, but you, I want you to turn the other cheek. And to me, what that now means is let them know you may have declared that I'm your enemy, but I refuse to see you as my enemy. I'm actually turning my cheek to say, I'm always here. This is here for you to kiss, not submitting, but saying, I am open to relationship with you. I continue to see you as friend. I mean, Jesus himself in John 18, when Judas comes to betray him, Jesus says, do what you must. And not every translation has this, but I'm grateful for the ones that do. Do what you must, friend. He calls Judas friend in the midst of the betrayal of betrayals. He's turning the other cheek while Judas is slapping him with a betrayal and betraying him with a kiss. And I'm going to kiss the one that you are to destroy. Judas is completely betraying him. Even in the culture of that day, he's betraying him with that kiss, as opposed to saying, I am your friend with that kiss. Jesus calls him friend. I think if we can remember that in this season, then all of a sudden I look through this and say, who am I not presenting my other cheek to? Am I so upset with the policies of Mrs. Pelosi, who I've never met, who's never, for all I know, is a wonderful woman, wife, and grandmother. I just don't agree with her politics. But if I disagree with her politics, am I willing to love, when it says love your enemies, Dustin, I don't think it's about declare someone your enemy and choose to love them anyway. I think it's saying those who have declared they are your enemy, love them and refuse to see them. Sorry, I said that wrong. Those who have declared that they are my enemy, love them and refuse to see them. I, I'm sorry, I'm sleep deprived. I, hopefully you guys, you see what I'm getting at. If someone's being an enemy to us, refuse to see them as an enemy. If they see me as an enemy, I refuse to see them as an enemy and pray for them. Do good to those who hate you. What's the best thing we can do? We can be praying for them. We can be praying for them to come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, not so that they are, you know, punished because of their wickedness, but so they come into the fulfillment, the joy, the wonder that we all know of walking in relationship with him. Bless those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse our country. Bless those who are working against our nation. Bless them. Don't bless the works that they're doing. Bless them to be set free from those powers and principalities and pray for those who spitefully use you. So those who are dismissing us as worthless you know, uh, what was the word that was used? Um, I, uh, oh, I can't remember the word, but basically one candidate in one of the elections called us garbage people, basically, that we weren't even worth considering. I can't remember the word, but we should be praying for that candidate. Mm -hmm.
Because if we're not, then what are we doing? We're responding with offense by considering, well, they're garbage people. They're below me. They're below me praying for them. No, they're not. Because Jesus sees no one as a garbage person. Jesus could have easily seen me as a garbage person the way I was living my life before he revealed himself to me and said, I refuse not to love you. I have to remember as wicked as I was, that's what he's declaring over everyone. And we can partner with that and not only do great works for the kingdom and tearing down powers and principalities and seeing those in league with them set free. But again, for me, I'm excited about this word because I'm seeing it as a great way to grow in all that I'm carrying with God. I'm already seeing an increase of power and presence and anointing yeah. because I'm willing to partner with God's heart, heart, God's heart in areas I realize I've been hard-hearted. Yeah. And this has changed the way I pray, honestly. Um, you know, when, uh, let's just take example, because, uh, you know, political leaders are very easy for us to uh, get angry at and to get riled up about. Part of that is because the media drives narratives that literally cause us to feel a certain way. Uh, we're being kind of conditioned, as you will. Uh, and so we have to rise above that as believers and, and know our place, know our identity. It's in Christ. It's not in a party. It's in Christ. It's not even necessarily in a country, though I do love my country very much. Uh, and so being rooted and grounded there first allows us to pray uh, more focused for that person. And so, you know, rather, rather than being focused on all the bad stuff, starting with what you said, blessing them, praying that their heart would, would find Jesus if they don't know Jesus, and then also calling out the different principalities you see uh, around them. Uh, that's swirling around them. If it's a lying spirit, you know, Lord, we, we come against any lying spirit that that's speaking to them. Uh, we come against any perverse spirit that's that's in them. Uh, we, we come against any familiar spirit. Uh, you know, a familiar spirit is very dangerous. Um, you know, a familiar spirit is, is stuff that brings up things inside of you that you left in the past. And so, you know, that oh, can wow, be a wow, that's a good thing. definition of that. Um, you know, deaf and dumb spirit, uh, spirit of infirmity, the spirit of death, you know, uh, a lot of, we've heard a lot of death talk over the last couple of years, you know, things are going to be bad, there's a dark winter, there's this, there's that, we're going to, and, and, and it has, we've seen some very tragic things happen, but we, we as believers, we don't accept that for ourselves, and we don't accept it for them, we've got to contend for others as well, I mean, these are just principalities at play right now that we've got to come against. And, and I, I think we're really going to see some breakthrough like we've never seen before. You know, as I've unpacked this word and prayed into this word, Dustin, there's two other um, scriptures that I want to, I want us to discuss here. And then I'm going to have you pray for our audience so that um, as you've done a good job of stewarding this word and grown in your holy vision, you know, we can freely give what we freely receive. So I'm going to have you impart that to the audience here in just a minute. But two other things fairly quickly, you know, I butchered this, I combined Ephesians 6, 12 and, and 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 4 a while ago, but 2 Corinthians 10, 4 has been a really important scripture to me this year 
as because I know this is a, a year to go to war, but it's a year to go to war in the spirit and a year, a year to go to war the right way, not the wrong way. And I think we're seeing perversion of that. I, you know, the enemy will always twist and pervert what God's plans are for any person, any place or any season. And I think one of the reasons we're seeing so much war in the natural right now is because it's a perversion of what we're supposed to be doing is going to war in the spirit. And too often, you know, when we are hard-hearted, when we are bitter, when we are offended, when we are these things and not partnering with God to see things his way, we end up doing partnering with things to go about it the twisted, perverted way. But this is a season of warfare, and 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So anytime I'm not willing to use the weapons of God, everything you've talked about so well today, then I need to look at why. Because our wep the weapons of our warfare, not worldly warfare, not fleshly warfare, are not carnal, but mighty in, or I like how it says, some translates say mighty through God. Those weapons are not mighty through my flesh. Those weapons are not mighty through my justifiable hard-heartedness. They're, or maybe they're mighty, but they're mighty for the wrong team. They're not mighty for light and love and life. They're mighty in releasing darkness and being part of the problem. You know, we can't fight offense with, with more offense. And that's, we can't pull down a stronghold by using the weapons of our flesh, the weapons of our soul, the weapons of frustration, bitterness, anger, offense. Those weapons won't pull down the stronghold. But here's the other thing I want to I share with everybody listening, but also you and get your input on. As I was unpacking this word, God reminded me that obviously we're here to be gates of heaven into the earth. Jesus talks about that in Matthew 16, when he says, you know, when you know I'm the Messiah and you listen to your, what your heavenly father says, as opposed to what the world says, or opposed to what the flesh says, I don't have time to unpack all that, but we've talked about it on the show before, that now you're the gate of heaven. I'll give you the key and you'll loose from heaven what's been loosed in heaven and you'll loose, you'll bind in the earth what's been bound in heaven. And then he says something important, and we all know it, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And that declares, and many have taught on this very well, that means we're on a fence. We're on the offense, right? And we're not on defense. We're not, we're not holding our best against the enemy's onslaught. We are attacking the enemy and his gates shall not prevail. But what the, word, what the word spoke to me a little while ago, Dustin, was we can't be on offense if we've taken on offense. Mm -hmm. So if we're offended, we're no longer on offense. The best thing we are is neutralized. Mm -hmm. But rarely when we're offended are we neutral. We're usually releasing invective and bitterness and judgment and we're releasing darkness. We become James and John in Luke 9 that get offended with the Samaritans, and their offense stole a visitation of the Lord from them. Luke and John's response is to be, or James and John, James and, yeah, James and John. James and John's response is to be offended by the offense, and they say, Lord, do you want us to call down fire on those filthy Samaritans? And Jesus says, you don't know what your hearts are like. And I think we need, this is a season where we need to let the Lord search our hearts. I know I do, and I have been, and it's been an ouch hallelujah season. You alluded to it too, my friend, where I know this is a season of exposure, but it's not only exposure of what the enemy's been doing in the different systems of man and spheres of influence, and we need those exposed so we can focus on it and target the powers and principalities involved, but it's also an exposure of what's going on in our hearts. 
And the Lord has been showing me little burrs and little, little offenses. And um, for everybody listening, if you haven't had a chance to hear Patricia King's series on living unoffendable, I cannot recommend it enough. You can go to the Shiloh Fellowship YouTube channel, and, and if you scroll through all the videos, we put a ton of content out, but you'll find her messages, and it wasn't like three or four weeks in a row. It was over a space of time, but her series on Living Undefendable is so important right now. You combine that with this word that, that Dustin's carrying, and you apply it, and it's going to be an ouch hallelujah season, but it's going to be worth it. There's going to be ouches where you're going to realize where you've been hard-hearted, little offenses you've been carrying, but you will get free of them and you will be, be able to be on the offense for God against the enemy like never before, because we can't truly be on offense if we've taken an offense. That's so good. That's so good. You know, I was, I was reminded, um, I was watching our friend Darren Stott, uh, his church was doing a conference this past weekend, and uh, they had some different uh, speakers there that we're all familiar with. And um, uh, David Herzog, who who lives here in Phoenix, so he's he's a neighbor over here. Uh, he was just sharing and reminding everyone there that uh, when we've seen great moves of God, it's usually been during times of very hard uh, upheaval of some sort. Uh, either an administration that is anti-God uh, or a war going on in the world. And we've seen great moves of God. And so uh, he was basically saying, you know, uh, the, the darker the, the circumstance, the greater God will move. And he's like, things are pretty dark right now. So get ready. And I was like, I was just so encouraged by that. That's good. And uh, so, again, I just wanted to share that goes right along with what we're talking about um and uh let's let's be in position let's be ready to uh help uh ignite that fire that's coming so yeah i mean god's got a plan these are very dark days we're in these are wicked days that we're in but none of it takes god by surprise he's not undone by any of it he's got a plan and every single one of you listening is part of it and that's why we're talking about these things if you're experiencing any conviction i'm going to say something bold good I've been experiencing conviction, and as I say, I'm borrowing the Joyce Meyerism, the ouch hallelujah. I heard it from her years ago. I think it's brilliant because it stings in the moment, but it's yeah. unto something really good. So these dark days that we're in, God's not surprised by. He's got a plan. It's you, and he outlines it in Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Darkness on the earth, deep darkness on the people, but the kingdom of God, the God will arise in you and the glory of the Lord will appear upon you. But that's dependent on verse one. Are you willing to arise? Because if you're willing to arise, rise above the flesh, rise above venality, rise above justifiable hard-heartedness, rise above the frustration and the anger with the wicked things going on. God will give you the grace to arise, but he can't make you arise. You have to choose to arise above it. God will help you every step of the way. But if you choose to be offended, if you choose to be bitter, if you choose to be angry, if you choose to be all of those things, he will not violate the gift, power, and responsibility of your free will. But if you choose to arise above that, you're going to shine like never before. You're going to be part of his solution. You're going to see nations come to your light and kings, people of influence to the brightness of your shining. What if that powerful politician 
who's working knowingly or unknowingly to advance Satan's agenda in the earth. What if you arise and shine? and you do everything Dustin's been sharing with us today, and you choose to pray for them, what if that's one of the kings? What if that's one of the, the rulers, the people of influence that will be drawn to your light? They may never meet you in the natural, but what you release towards them in the spirit may shift and change everything, and maybe may become one of God's great champions. But to do it, we need to remember who the real enemy is, and as Darren shared with us, part of that is we've got to ask God to grace us to see with holy sight. So Dustin, what I'm going to ask you to do is to pray for the audience, however you feel led, but I'm going to um, ask specifically one thing you pray is that we would all grow in this ability and the grace to see with holy vision and to connect with the Father's heart, with the power of the Spirit, and think about things through the mind of Christ and see things with this holy vision. Yeah, and uh, right before I pray, just a reminder, God wants your prayer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can, it, it's easy to, to excuse it and say, well, I'm sure other people are praying. I'm sure so-and-so is praying. I'm sure other churches are praying. No, God wants your prayer. And it's your prayer that uh, uh, is, is important to God. So uh, let's pray and pray with us as well. So, Father, we come before you uh, humbly today, Lord, and we just ask for your holy sight, God, uh, that we would be able to see things through your eyes, Lord. Uh, sometimes the principalities uh, are, are so overwhelming that we get, uh, we get angry and attack the personalities. And, and Father, you have raised us up for such a time as this. Lord, to, to combat the darkness that's on the earth, Lord, and to win souls for you. And so, God, I, I ask that you would help us increase in our prayer uh, for those principality, for those people dealing with principalities surrounding them. Lord, that we would be strategic in the way we pray. Lord, that we would uh, be more unoffendable, that we wouldn't allow offense to dictate the way we pray, Lord, but that we would really, really uh, come into your word, Lord, and to love our enemies, love those who oppose you, Lord, as ourselves, God, and be able to pray with it, pray for them, uh, Lord, blessings, God, that, that would change and shift where and who they are, God. Lord, I pray for uh, revival to take hold in our hearts, Lord, God, that it would, uh, that it would expand, Lord, throughout your church, Lord, and, and God, we, we, we are, we are standing firm and knowing that big things are coming, even for those who we would call wicked, Lord, there's a change that's coming, there are Paul-like shifts that are happening in the spirit, Lord, that we're not aware of, and Lord, we pray into those right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for that, my friend. Thanks for taking time. I know you got a lot going on. Thanks for taking time for doing this today and helping getting this word out. It's, uh, it really is an important and powerful word. And if we grab hold of it, I know it's part of the battle plan. And um, thank you for sharing it. Um, we need to grab lunch sometime soon and we need to get out in the desert and make some steel sing a little bit too amen. fairly soon. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much, Robert. Uh, you're such a great friend and uh, mentor. Uh, thank you. 
All right, I'll see you soon, my friend. Thanks for being with us. And I also want to thank each and every one of you watching for taking time out of your schedules to spend time with us for this episode of Heroes Arise. Don't forget next Monday and Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, we've got our The Power of the Secret Place free webinar training series, Monday and Tuesday night, March 21 and 22, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can go to patriciakingministries.com to get more information or to register for it. Or if it's easier, simply email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. And then March 24th through 26th, next Thursday through Saturday, we've got our big East Coast men's event, Man Camp East Coast 2022 at Rockfish Meadows in Rose Hill, North Carolina, our annual weekend of brotherhood breakthrough and adventure. I would love to see you there with us. Go to menonthefrontlines.com click the events link and you will get all the information about that and be able to register for it. Or same deal. If it's easier, you can email me, Robert at men on the frontlines.com. And Hey, do me a favor when you're at men on the frontlines.com, or if you're at roberthodgkin.com, click the giving link, click the donate link. We love creating all this content and getting it out there for you and making it all available for free. We know there's a lot going on in the world right now. If you're not in a place to sew into all the content we're creating and all the shows you're watching and listening to, that is absolutely okay. We are here for you. But if you happen to be in a place where you can sew into it, we greatly appreciate it. It'd be a big help and you will become part of what God is doing through our ministries out into the whole wide world. Bless you guys. Thank you, each and every one of you who watched or listened to this show. Leave a five-star review, leave a like, subscribe, share, all that great stuff that triggers the algorithms. At this point, y'all know what to do. Thanks for doing it, and we'll see you back here for another Heroes Arise soon. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.